thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Proverbs 17 and verse 17 says this, A friend loves at all times. Everyone say all times. And a brother is born for adversity. Everyone say adversity. Lord, help me to teach us to this morning to these precious people. Use me today to encourage somebody. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen. This is the last installment of At The Movies. Are y'all sad about that? Well, I'm glad about it. Next week, I'm starting a brand new series called Broke as a Joke, and I'm dealing with spiritual poverty, not not money. It's about spiritual bankruptcy. And uh, God wants us rich and full of the Holy Spirit. And so it's going to be it's going to be really good. So I encourage you to be here. But this is the last installment. And so today I want to talk to you about how to find your wingman. This movie was filmed. The original one came out in 1986. Top Gun number one. I was just a, a handsome nine-year-old fourth grade boy. And the classic line from the 1980s film, Top Gun, was, I feel the need, the need for speed. And so this series is all about an elite group of pilots that are young men and young women in training known as the Top Gun. There are three different main characters in in Top Gun number one. First, you got Maverick. He's over here, and he's a good-looking man. Maverick is Tom Cruise. And then you got Iceman in the middle, who was his rival. And then on your right side of the screen, here is Goose, who was Tom Cruise's wingman. I love this movie. I love the music in the movie in the original Top Gun because I'm an 80s kid. So like I, I, I like the old school Journey. I like the old school White Snake. Don't judge me. I like I like the old 80s rock and roll. But one of the favorite movies lines and in, in, in songs in this movie was Highway to what? The Danger Zone. Here's what I know about the 1980s. We don't look the same way we did in the 1980s. In the 1980s, I was rocking them uh, Bugle Boy jeans that were stonewashed with some British Nikes and a big comb in my pocket because I had a big old poof on do hair. But I don't look the same way I did in the 1980s. I look way much better now than I did then. And the funny thing about these actors is they all changed from the original Top Gun even until now. I mean, look at Goose Man, poor guy. I mean, he, he, he's, he looks a little different than he did in the 80s. Val Kilmore, he looks a little bit different as well. I mean, he's not got, doesn't have the same swag because age changes us, don't it? Doesn't age change us? Come on. We don't watch movies the same. We don't listen to music the same. We don't drive the same. We don't shop the same. You can go grocery shop without leaving your own house. You couldn't do that in the 80s, you know, unless you hired somebody. But time changes everything. Look at the wonderful, beautiful actress Kelly McGimmon. Gillamus, yep, 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 her. Uh, She's changed a little bit. She don't look the same. Don't worry, young people. You'll be there too. Just let you know. Tim Robbins looks different. Tom Skirt Skirt, he looks a little different too. But you know who doesn't look that much different? Tom Cruise aged incredibly well. I hope in 30 years from now that I age that good. Can all the saints say amen? When I'm 65, 76, 86, I hope they say to me, man, you still look like you're 50. You better say that. Just push your neighbor and say, Pastor, he's a wingman. Say amen. Just say something. When the current Top Gun came out, Maverick looks a little older. 
He's still got that little chip on his shoulder in the movie, but he looks a little older. And in the opening clip of this movie, Maverick is out being rebellious as normal. And he's taking these planes where they shouldn't go to the limits where they shouldn't go. And they asked Tom Cruise, Maverick, in the movie, hey, we want you to start training these new pilots, but we're not too sure of you. So the question is, we think, Tom, we think Maverick, you might be a little too old. So Top Gun uh, produces this movie, Maverick. It's all about this guy named Maverick. It's called Maverick. So what I want you to do is I want you to sit back, hold on tight, because the Timberwolf's about to bite. Just kidding. And let's check out this cat, Maverick. This guy, Maverick, he has such an ego on his life, and he has a hard time in the movie following the rules and is a bit, as you can see, of a loose cannon. When this movie came out a couple years ago, I think it was 2020, it earned $1.3 billion in one summer. And the crazy thing about this movie is I rented it and I watched it on an airplane on the way to Florida when there was lots of turbulence. It was a wild experience, let me tell you. And this movie, this movie's got a bunch of characters in it. It's got a bunch of different homeboys that love together, run, run and do life together. I want you to pay attention to the screen because I want you to I want to introduce you to the crew. Maverick is on a mission to train these new fighter pilots and to send them on what looks like a suicide mission. But the one young man, Rooster, in the movie is Maverick's, uh, they're, they're always in contention with each other. They're always uh, fighting each other because Rooster is mad at Maverick. And the very first Top Gun, just let me lay this foundation. We'll get to the points. I promise I will talk about Jesus. I promise. But in the first movie, Maverick and his wingman, which was Goose, which is Rooster's daddy, they're in a plane and they have a tragic accident. They eject from the plane and in the midst of all that, Goose breaks his neck and he falls to the earth and he dies. And so there's this constant contention between Maverick and uh, Rooster because he's mad at Maverick for killing his dad. He's mad at Maverick for making it to where his dad was no longer alive and wasn't there for him. And so there's this constant tension. Let me just show you. Let me just show you. It's better if I just illustrate. Pay attention to the screens and we'll show you the tension. Just this constant tension between these two guys is worth your price of admission on this morning. This movie is really centered around this tension, this big beef, and it, it causes me to want to ask you a question. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh, here we go. Is there someone in your life today that you're having tension with? Is there somebody in your life that you're not letting go of, that you're not forgiven, are, forgiving? Are you like Rooster here this morning and somebody abandoned you, they hurt you, they left you, they abused you, they walked out on you, they let you down, your last pastor did it this way, your last husband did it that way, your mom walked out on you as a child and you lost your wingman in life? Have you ever been in a relationship like Rooster where offense got in and shattered the relationship. You don't have to talk back. It's all good. And now there's some tension there. Now there's a dogfight every time you see them, every time they see you. All your heart screams is ache and pain. Anybody in the room that can relate to Rooster, just don't say nothing. Sit there. Amen. <laughs> you see, here's what I know about life. Life is hard. Relationally, life is painful. 
We go up and we go down in relationships, don't we? Come on in here. Uh, one of my uh, mentors, his name is Bishop James Hart for the first time guest, and he's in Omaha, Nebraska. He was with us a couple weeks ago. He's a phenomenal preacher, a good man. I love him with all my heart. And I got in, in connection with him right out of Bible college in 1999, and I went to go serve at his church on staff, which I served there for a whole decade. And when I first got there, his wife had just passed away of cancer, and he didn't remarry for eight years. He was so broken and, and still in love with his wife. And we would be out at the steakhouse eating Miss Bree, and all of a sudden, Pastor would be sitting at the table and he would just start weeping, crying. Like five years after, and I'd be like, what's wrong, Pastor? He's like, nothing, this just remind this song reminded me of Lynette and I'm just so bothered. So here we were at the steakhouse. I'd get up and I'd scoot in the booth next to him, two grown men, I'd put my arm around him and I'd hold him close while he would just sit there and cry at the steakhouse because that's what real wingmen do. What can we learn about the pain in life? Here's what I know about pain. If you will never fly forward, you will always be tied to your past pain. If you can't say, I'm going to move from here to there, you will stay stuck in your right now here. You'll stay stuck in the abuse. You'll stay stuck in the trauma. You'll live in the life of what I could have been, should have been, and should have did. You will talk about how you never, how you should have, how you couldn't, the drama over here, the drama over there. You will never fly forward if you never get loosed from your past. Isaiah said this in chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Forget them. You say, Pastor, how can I forget what happened to me by the grace of God? Well, I can forgive them. I can't forget them. You haven't forgave them yet. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Don't chew the cud on what happened to you. You know what that means? When a cow eats food, he throws it back up and he chews it. And then he eats it again. He throws it back up and he chews it. And that's what we do in relationships in our life, and it keeps us tied to our yesterday. But we must not dwell on the pain of yesterday. Don't let your pain hold on to you. Unfortunately, in the movie, Maverick could not let go. He constantly lived in the pain of the past. The reason, one of the reasons why Rooster hated Maverick is because he wouldn't let him fly because he made a promise to Rooster's mama that he wouldn't let him fly because like, she was scared to death that he would die like his daddy did. So Maverick was bound to his yesterday. He gets really confused, and he goes to his old rival's house, Iceman, which is played by Val Kilmore, and Val Kilmore actually really does have throat cancer. I don't know if he still has it, but during the making of this movie, he did. And he goes and he tries to get advice from, from Iceman. And he has to write the note to, to Maverick because he can't talk. He's like, man, I don't know what to do about my past. And here is what he tells Maverick. He said, it's time for you, Maverick, to let it go. Maverick looks back at him and says the same thing that you're saying to me today. How do I let it go? I don't know how to let it go. How do I get rid of the pain from this relationship? How do I get rid of the hurt from how they treated me? How do I get rid of the brokenness in my heart that I feel? How, what do I do with those who have ejected out of the ejection seat of my life? What do I do? I'm going to give you some keys today that's going to help you because learning to let go is the prerequisite for you to move forward. If you want to move forward, Come on, Elsa. Let it go. 
let it go. Turn away. Slam the door. Because I don't care that I have no hair. Let the storm rage on. The cold really does bother me anyway. We, we, we say things in church like, just forgive them, brother. And the, just forgive them, brother. Bless God. We, we say things like that, but how many can be honest today? It's not really practical in how you do it. Because, like, I want to punch them, not forgive them. I want to slash their tires, not buy them a new set. Just me? Am I the only one? I don't want to be like, Lord, bless them and keep them. Make your shape face shine upon them. I'm like, Lord, vengeance is mine, says God. You better take care of that. Vengeance. But that's not God's way. That's our way. So I had a young man. He, he uh, was a young man that I kind of mentored for a moment. And, and he went sideways on me. And I was really mad at him. I wanted to punch him in the head. And so this is when I was like 23 years old. So I, I said, God, what am I going to do about this? He said, you're going to bless him. I said, get thee behind me, devil. <laughs> I went to the bank, got $500 out of my savings account. Went to the Hy-Vee food store and I got me a thank you card. And I said, God bless you. Thank you for all you've done. I pray this helps you get down the, way, down the road a little bit. God bless you. And I handed it to him. He said, you got him a thank you card? Absolutely. I got him a thank you card because I wanted to thank him for teaching me lots of things in that moment. He taught me what loyalty wasn't. He taught me what honor wasn't. So I sowed a seed and blessed him. Why y'all looking at me funny? Y'all are looking at me really funny. But, but that started to relieve my heart from him, from the pain of it, not from him, but from the pain of it. Come on in here. So today I want to give you three things that's going to help you to move forward in relationships and be a better wingman for your future you. Come on and say amen. amen. So in, in pilot school, they teach something. It's called an ace pilot. How many have ever heard of that before? It's Memorial Day weekend, so I thought I would talk about it a little bit. Those of you who were in first service, you heard it before, but it's all right. Uh, just help me and, and, and say amen, pastor. That's good. And so to become an ACE, ace pilot, you have to have had the credentials of shooting down five enemy planes in your career, then they considered you an ace pilot. So I think the Lord wants us to be aces in relationships as we do life together as brothers and sisters. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus teaches us what we got to do. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I don't know who said that, but I sure hope it wasn't anybody here. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus said, I tell you, love your enemy. This is so hard if you would say amen. Don't leave me out here again. Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. That's not what our flesh wants to do. Our flesh wants to not pray for those who persecute us, but punch those who persecute us. The reason why, Jesus says, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. So if we have a vengeance and a get-back attitude, it's proof and a sign that we don't follow our Father. Selah. Verse 46. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? 
Not even the tax collectors. Aren't they doing that too? And if you greet only one, your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect or mature, therefore, as your heavenly Father is mature. So the way of the cross then, if you want to be an ace in relationships and be a wingman and be a better one at it, number one, you have to A, agape each other. Boy, that's good. Amen, preacher. You're talking to me. You have to agape each other. What is agape? Is that Greek? Yes, it's Greek. The Greek had four main words for love. One was astorge, which is parental love. It's family love. It's how I love my beautiful daughter down here on the front row in her new jeans that her daddy bought her. Looking all swagged out with her big old Bible. Her bookmark will slap you upside the head if you get too close to her. I mean, it's huge, like this long. Eros love is a romantic love. And it fizzles out really fast. It's a feeling of love. It's what Maverick had for the new penny because the old penny, I guess, wasn't. They wanted somebody younger looking, and so they got this penny here, and they replaced the old penny. But it's the erratic, eros love is what they felt for each other. But then you get, yeah, somebody said, yeah, I heard you. And, and then you get phileo love, which is brotherly love. It's the brotherly love. It's the Jordan Gordon and the uh, uh, Duran Carr love. It's the me and the Duran Carr love. It's the brotherly love. We are brothers. It's the wingman love. But Jesus was saying to love your enemies with no, none of those kind. He was saying to unconditionally agape love your enemies. How in the world do we unconditionally love? Our, an enemy is an enemy. How do Republicans love Democrats? Because we know they enemies. Huh? How do Pentecostals, well, how do Baptists love Pentecostals? They act more like they're enemies than anything. We love them then with the love of God. What Jesus was saying is, love people like I love you. What if God loved us the way we love others? I'm going to take a drink on that because that's none of my business. What if God loved me the way I love him? What if God forgave us the way we forgave others? Uh-oh. What if he held grudges like we hold grudges? What if he goes to the family picnic tomorrow and goes, oh, there, there, there she is. I see you over there, Jose. I see you. I remember what you did to me. God bless you, brother. What if God did what we do? Well, the Bible tells us, then you wouldn't be forgiven either. Forgive, he said, how I forgive. Love, how I love. How do we do that, pastor? By the grace of God. You see, filio, eros, and storge love are all love from your emotions. It's from your heart. But agape love is love from your head. When we eros somebody, it's in the moment of excitement. It's passion. Agape love is a mature love that's a decision from here, not from here. So then we have to pray, God, help me to love. Help, help me to love God because you know these people, they, they're your people. Help me to love them. They're crazy. I'm perfect, but they're crazy. That's how we talk. That's how we act. I'm right. They're wrong. They, they are nuts. Lord, I, I know I'm your perfect servant. There's this conflict, maverick and rooster. Constant fighting and tension. He said, you killed my dad. 
My dad trusted you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. So he was cut to heart and trying to find his wingman. I love the sarcasm of Maverick when he's talking to Rooster, who's mad at him and says, hey, buddy, are we having fun yet? And he's really just trying to encourage him out of that attitude. And sometimes if we're going to be a relational ace, what we have to do is we have to encourage people even when they're mad at us. And point number one, agape them. Number two, the second thing we have to do if we're going to be a relational ace is we have to commit to praying for them. Pray for those, Jesus said, who are mean to you. Pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those that healing would come to them, that refreshing would come to them. Jesus said, bless those in Luke chapter 6 who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Don't post about them. Pray for them. I love people who post and they're all angry and bitter like, I can't stand when people, and then they make this story. Okay, we all know who you're talking about. Stop posting about them and pray for them because here's what I know. You can't hate somebody you're praying for. Lord, forgive my ex-husband. He walked out on me. Bless him with a million dollars, Jesus. Lord, forgive my ex-wife. Lord, you know, have, Lord, have mercy. She was crazy. But Lord, I pray you bless her. Give her a brand new house, a brand new Mercedes Benz, seven Rolexes, and let her send them one to me. Praise God. You start playing, praying blessing over somebody, you can't stay mad at them. Okay, y'all are, are quiet. Y'all waiting on that that uh, that lake and that boat and that and that uh, that that grill today on today and tomorrow. But when you begin to pray for them, God will begin to change you. That's what happens because your heart changes. You see, it's not them; it's us. It's me. It's not you; it's me. It's my heart that we have to pray for. Come on, praying for them may not fix them, but praying for them will for sure fix you. How do we get better and become a better wingman? Number one, we have to agape, unconditioned. Number two, we have to commit to pray for others. And number three, we have to extend. Oh, I'm about to cuss on the church. Help me, Lord. We have to extend forgiveness. 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 Y'all think I'm cussing? I'm not cussing. I'm just saying the forgiveness. I'm not going to do it. Forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How? As Christ forgave you. That's crazy, y'all. I, I have a hard time with that scripture. Like I, I, was, I, I put my Bible away yesterday, uh, 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 Brother Lance. I was like, God, I don't want to preach this tomorrow because I don't want to. I don't want to. Why do I have to? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do what that says. I know none of y'all, but do you ever read the Bible like that? I'm like, why do I? I don't want to. I don't like that in the Bible. I don't want it, Jesus. But forgive as Christ forgave your messy self, your dishonoring to God's self, your disrespectful self to Jesus, you. You forgive. He's saying is, I forgave you. I read that. I was so mad last night. I was like, I don't want to read that tomorrow. I'm not reading that. I literally stopped. I told her, I'm not finished, and I'll finish this tomorrow. I got it before 4.30 because I knew my brain was just shut off. But I'll go to the church at 4.30 in the morning. I'll finish it then. And I did, and I got my heart right before then. <laughs> you know what really doesn't want us to forgive? 
It starts with a P, and it's another cuss word. It's pride. That's what doesn't want us to forgive. It's hard to pick up a phone and call them and say, I'm sorry. I was guilty too. I was involved too. I did something stupid too. Hey, married folks, y'all know. Y'all, listen, y'all know, because some of y'all went to bed last night. I know that's what it is. Some of you was fighting on the way to church. I know, because that's just how y'all do it. Demons started manifesting in the car. I, I know. And so we come into, we're all mad, angry, pouting, moment, talk to each other, look at each other. And that's just pride. It's pride. Pride says, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to hold you to what you did. I'm not going to let that go. Here's what I know about pride. It's extremely expensive to be forgiving because it costs you. The entry price is humility. Forgiveness takes humility, but it's the way of the cross. You see, when you bear the cross and when you have the cross on your back, it's awfully hard to keep a chip on your shoulder. How can you keep a chip on your shoulder when you're bearing the cross on your back? How can you? How can you stand for forgiveness when you got a chip on your shoulder with others? I'm going to get even. I'm going to show them who I am. I'm going to show them. I'm going to put this on Instagram. Look how God blessed me in your face. I'm going to put myself up on Instagram as a selfie. Oh, I done lost 30 pounds. Now you want me? Didn't want me before the 30. Now look at me. Y'all know it's true. Talking about. You know, they teach you how to pose. There's this thing that teaches you how to pose on Instagram. No, get your high, leg a little higher. We know you don't look like that. With your fake filter having self. Then we meet you, are like, whoa, you don't look like your picture. See, we got to get that phoniness out of us. I used to wear a toupee. I'll just start the conversation off there. And my best friend on the planet, his name is, his, one of my best friends, his name is Pastor Jameson, or Pastor Jameson Horton. And uh, he was a, 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 a student under me at this time, a protege. I was a youth pastor. And I was wearing this toupee, right? And uh, what happened was, and we went over to this house at a pool, and we had a youth leadership meeting there, and there was like 20 of my students there, and I said, Jameson, this toupee's about to fall, babe, you got to come in the bathroom, you know the story, I don't want it to fall off when I'm swimming, and so I got to put some glue on there. I can't believe I'm telling you all this story. <laughs> Chris, don't laugh at me, stop it. Dude, honest to God, true story. So I take that toupee, and I pull it back just a little bit, Miss Bree. I promise you. And Pastor Jameis was like, he didn't know. He didn't know. Well, he probably did. He probably just didn't want to tell me. And so I pulled that thing back like this, and I start putting that glue on my head. The bottle broke. That glue came all down on my face like this, and that stuff doesn't come out. You can't just wash it off. It takes a special chemical to get it off your skin. I didn't have that chemical with me, and there was like 20 kids out there waiting on me to go have a party with them. 
We're in the bathroom bin for 40 minutes, bro, trying to scrub this stuff off of me. I couldn't get it off. They're knocking on the door. Uh, what are you guys doing in there? Oh, nothing, just me and my, me and my wingman. You know, we just roll it up in here. We're we having a conversation. I said, Jameson, your head's way bigger than mine. And it's going to look really weird, but I'm still in your hat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out of here, and you're going to go out there and tell them I had an emergency. And you take care of the, the kids. And because Pastor Jameson is my wingman, he's committed. He laughed for a little bit. Okay, he laughed for a lot bit. Stung ticking out, sticking out. That's how he laughs. No humility on that man, I tell you what. But you know what? He agapes me unconditionally. He's definitely committed to pray for me in that moment. Oh, God, get that glue out. And he definitely extends grace and forgiveness because he took that meeting and I took his hat. He never got that thing back. It was baby blue. It was North Carolina, I remember. And it, it was like this much too big on my head. And I had to go home and shower with it on because that glue stuck to that hat. I couldn't get it off. I was, I was working that chemical up in that hat. I couldn't get it off. I cannot believe I just told you all this story. No, no pride here. But you know what I couldn't stand about that stupid toupee? It made me feel so fake. About as fake as the Barbie dolls my daughter used to play with. I couldn't stand it. It was so irritating. And that's where some of you are have, or have been with people who were fake. Come on in here. They weren't aces in your life. They, they were other things. <laughs> King James, amen. Um, they were other things. In your life. Praise God. Now I can't even say the other word. Good God Almighty. They weren't agapeing you. Come on, you know it's true. They didn't pray for you. They weren't committed to pray for you. And they didn't extend forgiveness. So here's what I want your takeaway to be today. Be the wingman you're wanting to attract in your life. Don't be a spiritual toupee. Please. Don't be a Be a spiritual Jameson. Be a wingman who's there for your brother or your sister when things aren't going the way they should, when embarrassment is just on the other side of the door, when you got glue over your head because your unit's acting crazy. Be committed to prayer unconditionally love each other. You know, this is so good. And then extend forgiveness to your brothers and sisters. Don't come to church thinking we're perfect. And we don't think you are, trust me. So don't think I am. Please don't. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so thankful. I don't have to think you're perfect. If your spouses don't, don't say that to each other because you might get in a fight, praise God. Okay. Not a lot of you here today, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got a lot of friends. I, I do. I, but I've got like five or six like best, best friends that I could call in a moment's notice that would probably fight for me. I have great contemporaries, great friends. But that's not the story for everybody. I was talking with my precious mom the other day. She said, you know, I just struggle going to church because I have to go by myself, and I don't really feel like I connect to anybody. I don't have any friends. And that's a hard place to be. You know, she's in her mid-60s, and, and that's a hard place to be. But what I want to do is I want to pray for you. Let's, let's just all stand together. And I want to pray for you because God doesn't want you to do life by yourself. He doesn't want you to. And we all need a wingman, but we all need to be a good wingman. And we all need to be an ace in relationships. And we need to do relationships a lot better than we've done in our last portion of our life. Can we all say amen to that? Because if we'd all be honest, every one of us have had people that have come into our life. We didn't treat them good. We didn't treat them right. We didn't do things good. Come on. And let's get better at doing that with each other. 